G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, you might have caught up with the culmination of a legal battle that's been going on over these past few years. It was over the controversial practice of what has become known as drag queen story time in public libraries. Well-known Christian family advocate Lyle Shelton was sued by two drag queens for alleged vilification or hate speech. Well, last week, the judgment was delivered from the case that was before the courts. And there is good news that will encourage advocates of free speech. He has been vindicated. And Lyle Shelton, former head of the Australian Christian Lobby, current role National Director of the Family First Party. Lyle, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. It's great to be with you. Lyle, uh, how you describe it, uh, what does it mean that the court has found in your favour in this years-long case? Yeah, it's been a three-year legal battle, uh, three and a half years since I wrote a blog uh, back in January of 2020 about uh, a ratepayer-funded drag queen story time in the Brisbane City Council And uh, they were reading to little children, two drag queens, one um, presenting uh, a woman presenting as a man, the other uh, a sexualized drag queen figure. And I said that drag queens were not for kids. They were dangerous role models for children. And uh, I was sued. And so I guess to go to your question, the the vindication, the the judgment last week um, has meant that uh, there's no penalty for me for doing that. But Sadly, Neil, um, the, the process of three years and several hundred thousand dollars in legal fees uh, funded generously by supporters uh, means that the process has been the punishment. So, yes, there's a vindication, but um, and, and we should celebrate that. And I'm thankful for my legal team. Uh, they did a great job. But uh, freedom of speech is still very vulnerable in this country because you can still be dragged through a process like I've been through. Um, and the, the, the laws that allow that are still on the books and they need to be changed. Lots of different dimensions to what has happened over these past few years, but let's focus just uh, for a few moments. I mean, there is a little bit of victory to be celebrated here, and I know that you'll be celebrating in a more a, a sober way because you know that there are challenging times ahead, but when you reflect on this judgment... This is a landmark, isn't it? This is a landmark that every advocate for free speech ought to be celebrating. Well, well, yes, um, and I'm very thankful for the incredible legal team um, headed by John Steenhoff from the Human Rights Law Alliance in Canberra. I believe you had him on your program earlier in the week. Uh, he assembled a, a magnificent team of solicitors, and, of course, we had support from Tony Morris, KC, and uh, barrister Simon Fisher, um, now, it's significant because just uh, so Jeremy Gordon, the uh, QCAT member who was presiding over the case, gave a very considered judgment in that he looked at the anti-discrimination law, these uh, vilification laws that exist in Queensland. We have similar ones right around the country. Uh, 
And uh, he was able to make a determination that I had not vilified uh, these people based on their sexuality or gender identity and that what I was saying about the, the potential dangers to children was in the public interest and I should be free to say that. But um, as I say, our celebrations are muted in the sense that whilst um, we've got a great judgment and we've been vindicated, it doesn't mean that activists can't take other people to court in the same way and, and go through a three-year program uh, process costing hundreds of thousands of dollars because the laws, um, the anti-discrimination laws still exist. They're still very subjective. They're very vague. I guess the silver lining is they might think twice about pulling this um, sort of a stunt again, uh, given justice, uh, sorry, given Jeremy Gordon's um, uh, decision last week. Let me just ask you to reflect on the thought of digging in here for a moment uh, and not bowing to the pressure that can come on uh, from uh, people like the drag queens because they were saying because you had offended them, hurt them in the blog that you had written, uh, that they wanted an apology, they wanted a retraction and they wanted $10,000 each in damages. The value of digging in here, some might have said, oh, just apologise and it maybe it'll all go away. What is the importance here, Lyle Shelton, of digging in when you have made a an expression of your free speech and you've gone to defend the family? Um, your thoughts here about going the distance and not giving ground? Yeah, I think it's really important that, um, that all of us... Uh, you know, really hold our ground here. We're in a mad moment in our culture where uh, the LGBTIQA plus political movement is trying to normalise gender fluidity and early sexualization of children through these drag queen story time events. They're happening all over the world and, of course, they're happening all over Australia on a regular basis in public libraries. It's a deliberate strategy to indoctrinate children. So we have to be able to speak about this. It is harmful. It's harmful to tell a child that their gender is fluid. And this is what these drag queens do. It's harmful to present sexualized, hypersexualized role models, men dressing up as sexualized women and placing them in front of little children. So it was really important to, to dig in on this. Um, yeah, look, you know, three years ago when I was sued, uh, I could have, you know, made an apology in the um, Queensland Human Rights Commission as part of the mediation process and, and maybe, you know, might have got away with not much more than an apology and, and, you know, pulling my blog post down. Uh, later, they escalated it to a claim for those, those damages. Uh, could have paid $20,000 and walked away. It would have been a lot better than the two to $300,000 that the case has cost. But what price do we put on free speech? And what price do we put on the ability to defend the innocence of, of little children? And uh, I think that's the important thing. And that's why I'm so grateful to um, the, the you know, 1,300 people and, and, and beyond who chipped in to support my legal defence. That's why I'm so thankful to the Human Rights Law Alliance, John Steenoff and his team, because they enabled uh, all of those people who, who donated the legal advice, the people who prayed, that enabled us to dig in and to uh, make a stand for free speech. Lyle, uh, let's reflect on the cost of victory here. As you say, uh, several hundred thousand dollars uh, in legal fees and there'll be no doubt some listening to our conversation today thinking, oh, yeah, I, I donated to that fund when there was a fundraiser going on to support these legal fees. Ordinarily, when you win a court battle, you're awarded costs. 
but how does this work in your case? Is there any opportunity for those who have contributed to the legal challenge uh, to actually have any of that refunded? Uh, I wish there were, Neil, um, because I know that many of the people who supported my legal defence uh, are, are not people of great means. Uh, most of the donations were small donations from mums and dads. There was a, a couple of large donations. I'm very thankful to every one of them. Um, there was sacrifice involved. But the Queensland Civil and Administrative Tribunal is what's called a no-cost jurisdiction. And um, so it's, it's, it's a court, but it's, um, it's, a, it's a very low level of court. Um, and it's designed to allow um, activists uh, like uh, these two LGBTIQA plus drag queens to use very flawed legislation like the Queensland Anti-Discrimination Act and its vilification clauses. It was essentially a hate speech case. It, it allows these people, if they feel offended, hurt, uh, feel like um, I might have ridiculed them or vilified them because of their gender, identity or sexuality. It allows them to use these processes. It allows it as a tool um, as a stick uh, to uh, suppress freedom of speech. That's what they're designed to do. They're very flawed laws. Um, when I was at Australian Christian Lobby, we were campaigning very hard for many, many years. Um, politicians are aware of these laws. They're, they are aware that they are anti-free speech. Um, it grieves me to this day that we haven't got people in our parliaments with the will and the courage to remedy these laws and to restore freedom of speech in this country, and that's that's what we've got to all really focus on. Uh, and I'm very committed to continuing the campaign and the fight, so that no Australian ever has to be dragged through this again. And um, you know, Neil, you'd be aware there's many other people, people like my friend Kiralee Smith, being dragged through similar. Uh, her, her legal nightmare is just beginning. Mine's just ended. Uh, hers is just starting. She's probably got years ahead being dragged through the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal (NCAT). So you know. Same, same idea. Um, these laws are terrible. They must be remedied and fixed. Uh, there are obviously lots of Christian positions. Uh, take an ethical stand, a biblical stand, and uh, you're highly likely these days to offend somebody. So uh, when you've got your case, and uh, there is a victory there, and you know we can't uh, actually just uh, draw and reflect on that too much right now because that is a victory, but... When you've got lots of different Christian positions that you can take on a whole lot of different ethical issues, and when that can be called hate speech, uh, there's a challenge here on on a lot of different levels, isn't there? There's a huge challenge, Neil, and this is what we were warning about in the years leading up to the 2017 marriage plebiscite, that if you change the definition of marriage in law, you suddenly weaponise uh, these very poorly constructed state-based anti-discrimination Laws and um, so suddenly, to, you know, to talk about marriage between a man and a woman, that can be construed uh, potentially as hate speech. And we saw Julian Porteous down in Tasmania, a Catholic Archbishop of Hobart, uh, taken before a tribunal down there or commissioned down there. Uh, you know, myself, I mentioned Kiralee, uh, there's and, and there's many, many others that are facing these sort of actions right now. John Steenoff will tell you he's got a very full caseload, and uh, we need to see these laws changed. Um, yes, we are rejoicing in the win and it, it is a significant win and we should celebrate it because it's not often that uh, the people pushing these political agendas uh, have a setback like this. Now a victory for Lyle Shelton but uh, I know the, the victory is a lot broader than just you Lyle. 
victory for free speech as we've been discussing, but here, uh, in some sense, a victory for children. Uh, perhaps there are some children who yeah. will be preserved from a, a, a lifelong medicalization, even, or the challenges that come with those who are affirming uh, different ways that uh, children uh, think of their gender as being fluid. The victory for children, how significant is this uh, in the judgment that's been handed down? Oh, I think it's really significant, Neil, and, and thanks for raising that because obviously that's the reason I wrote my blog. Um, I was horrified when I went online and Googled the two drag queens that were reading to children in January uh, 2020 in the Brisbane City Council Library. One of them on their Facebook page, and you know, most kids are pretty tech savvy and know how to find Facebook uh, on the internet. Uh, one of them um, had photographs displayed on her website of of young girls who had, or you know, young women uh, who had had their breasts removed with the scar tissue or the scars across their chests. Um, uh, Johnny Valkyrie, that uh, particular drag queen, uh, to say a woman presenting as a man to these little children, was crowdfunding on her Facebook page so that she could get a double vasectomy. And sadly, she's gone ahead and done that. Um, the other drag queen, Dwayne Hill, uh, had on his Facebook page. Um, uh, proudly displaying a photograph of himself with an X award from the adult entertainment industry. This is the industry that's behind pornography and the exploitation of young women. He also had a picture of um, a, a, a penis with a ring around it. Now, it wasn't a real one, but it was a, a, an image. Uh, this was all on his Facebook page. And now these were the two role models that the Brisbane City Council thought was a good idea to put in front of little children. That's why I said in my blog, they're dangerous role models for children. We have to be free to call this stuff out. And if I'd have lost my case, uh, no other blogger or journalist uh, or commentator would ever feel free to call out um, you know, that which is behind these drag queens and the agenda that they carry into these drag queen story times, which is very harmful for little children. How widespread do you think the practice remains of uh, drag queen story time is it just a sort of uh, you know it's, it's sporadic it just sort of comes up every now and then is there some sort of organized effort for drag queens any ideas how far it is widespread you were uh, your case was heard in queensland what's happening in the rest of australia are you aware yeah look um i haven't researched it forensically but you're hearing we're hearing of these events all the time now all over australia of course it's, it's a global phenomenon in the western world and it's been accelerated since same-sex marriage came in they're, they're going after our children now but you know recently in victoria for instance uh just earlier this year there was uh, protests at a uh, library in melbourne that was terrific they, they managed to get it shut down and then what did daniel andrews the premier of victoria do and john pasuto the liberal leader they welcomed drag queens into the Victorian Parliament House. Uh, in fact, one of the drag queens, uh, not, not from the January case, but one of the others that I've blogged about, who's quite, uh, he's got some filthy um, images on his Facebook page, they had him, Frock Hudson, in the Victorian Parliament reading to little children. You had Daniel Andrews making the way for this, John Pasuto, um, the Liberal Party leader, saying what a great thing this was, and he was upset that he wasn't invited to go and meet the drag queen. So we've got politicians um, that are, holding the gate open for uh, these terrible role models, harmful role models to be put in front of little children and trying to normalise this. It's quite wicked and it's quite evil. And uh, I'm very thankful for the result of my case because we need to keep calling this out and keep bringing it to public attention because most mum and dads 
would be quite angry about this. When you say mum and dads, this is the other big dimension where people are in fact at risk because it's one thing for you, an advocate for family, to speak out and be drawn before the courts uh, for others who might be involved in church leadership roles and uh, ones you mentioned in parachurch leadership like Akira Lee Smith. Yes, they're, they're targets, aren't they? But Parents are not really off the hook here either. If a parent speaks out, uh, there are all sorts of new laws uh, that put parents at risk in some of these areas. Any thoughts here for parents and how they might uh, be encouraged by the judgment that's been made about you or just even that sober way of reflecting on uh, parents not out of the woods yet either? No, they're certainly not, Neil. Um, you know, we're seeing an avalanche, a tsunami of LGBTIQA plus, you know, political indoctrination of children. It's in our schools. It's right through society. Uh, you mentioned, um, you know, some of the new laws we've got, like the so-called gay conversion therapy laws, which make it illegal for a counsellor, a pastor, um, a doctor to try and encourage children not to go along to a gender clinic and have... Um, life-altering puberty blockers, cross-sex hormone surgery. In Victoria, of course, it's illegal for a parent to discourage their own child from going down the gender-fluid path. A parent can go to jail for 10 years. That was supported by the Liberal Party and the Labor Party in Victoria. And, of course, these laws are about to hit New South Wales, where I'm living. So these are difficult times for parents, and um, that's why we've got to keep the public square open and the ability to speak and call this out because I think the more the public know about it, whether they're, they are people of faith or not, the average Australian uh, isn't buying this. Uh, they want their kids to be left alone. They want parents to have uh, the ability to shield their children from these things and, and not, not have it forced down their children's throat, particularly without their knowledge. Lyle, any thoughts on whether there is a silver lining to your experience having been dragged through the courts? Uh, now there is vindication, uh, but I've heard of, and I'm, I'm not sure whether I've heard this in Australia, I'm just remembering now whether this is uh, part of an international uh, movement, uh, something that might be sparking and growing into something more substantial, the thought that there is in some places pastor story time that's being yeah. introduced into some public libraries. I mean, I imagine that when you've got this sort of publicity that comes with the drag queens, uh, that there might actually be a movement from the, the Christian church. Is there anything that you've been hearing about this? Is it, I'm not sure whether it's in Australia or whether I heard about this as something from the United States. Yeah, no, look, I've been talking to some of my former colleagues at uh, Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, they've been active, particularly, I think, in Tasmania, possibly South Australia, in introducing or, or at least um, you know, putting forward the idea that there should be pastor story time in public libraries. I think it's a great idea. And, and uh, you're right, Neil, there is a silver lining here. I, I mean, what we're talking about today is just so ridiculous, is so over the top, so offensive to mainstream people that um, we can and should leverage the ridiculousness of it and um, and say, well, okay, well, if, if LGBTIQA plus drag queens can, can get this sort of a platform, why can't someone go and read the Bible to little children just like uh, Sunday school was? So, so yeah, these opportunities there, and I think we should take them. I think this is a time where we need to be bold, particularly um, Christians uh, and leaders. Uh, this is a time for boldness, uh, not... For, um, not for shrinking back. And uh, I think if there's one good thing about uh, my case and uh, the win that we've had 
uh, thanks to the terrific legal team and the prayers and the finance, uh, is that we've kept the space open. And I hope it emboldens others to speak as well. Please don't just leave it to people like me or Kiralee or the ACL. Uh, we've all got to uh, now, you know, go to the breach and, um, and uh, you know, raise our collective voices. And so there's too many of us to put in jail or to, uh-huh. or to fine or take to court. Well, uh, it is a big win. It is good news uh, for everyone who is an advocate for free speech. And Lyle Shelton has been vindicated. Lyle's a former head of the Australian Christian Lobby, but his current role is as National Director of Family First Party. And uh, might be a seed or two sown here in this conversation where there are public libraries in every town and community that will be listening into our conversation today. An opportunity there for pastor story time or for Christian story time. However you might see your role there, there might be a real opportunity to do something very significant in your public library and uh, reading to children and helping to shape their good values. Uh, To connect with Lyle Shelton, he has a website, lyleshelton.com. And you'll be able to read Lyle's own thoughts on what's happened with this victory, lyleshelton.com. Lyle, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us on 2020 Today. Thanks, Neil. Really appreciate it. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.